This is the Car Dealer Podcast driven by CarGurus. You want the best return for your advertising budgets and CarGurus Piston Heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites. Connect with in-market high-quality buyers today and turbocharge your digital forecourt. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and tell them we sent you. Welcome back to the Car Dealer Podcast. If you haven't listened before, we pick our favourite stories of the week and ask an industry guest to choose which were the best. Except that's not what we're doing this week, since this is the final podcast of the year. We're going to have a look back at the last 12 months and quiz two of our usual suspects to see how much of the goings-on they can remember. Our first contestant, unsurprisingly, is founder of Car Dealer Magazine, James Baggett. James, how are you? I'm very well, John. Thank you very much for asking. How are you? I'm very well, very well. I see we're both in our Christmas jumpers. Thankfully, nobody else will be able to see that because they are both quite hideous. They are, yeah, and as they should be. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to. I'm not going to mention our other guests' terrible Christmas jumpers. No, well, we'll move on to him in a second. I'll let you deal with that. I was just going to ask, how's your week been? Have you had a busy time? I have had a busy time, actually, John. Yeah, incredibly busy. And as we're not going to be doing our usual stories, I will just talk about a couple of the things that we've been doing this week. Um, firstly, it was a car dealer top 100, uh, which came out earlier this week, uh, which is our list of the most profitable car dealers in the UK. Unsurprisingly, Arnold Clark topped the list once again uh, with incredible £398 million worth of profit. Uh, Sitnat were in second place and Pendragon in third. Um, There are lots of stories on the website about that and some videos, including a nice interview, if I do say so myself, uh, with Eddie Hawthorne. uh, No, I can see our our other guests taking the mickey out of me already for this. Um, uh, Eddie Hawthorne, who is the CEO of Arnold Clark, uh, which I really enjoyed doing. Uh, And the other thing I just quite quickly like to wedge in there like uh, another mince pie at Christmas uh, is our car dealer (laughs) car dealer live conference uh, which has also been launched this week it's our our big event that we're holding on March the 9th uh, at Gaydon British Motor Museum it's car dealer live it's basically everything you love about CDX the live stage and car dealer live the video interviews we do live and in person uh, at uh, the British Motor Museum tickets available now Go onto our website. You can find them. That's my plugs for this week. Done and yes. That is that is looking to be an excellent event. And I will say as well, uh, it's currently on early bird pricing with a reduction of I can't remember how much it is. But well done, John. Attend in person if you book soon. I can't remember what the cutoff is. We should <clears> know because we set it. But book this month for some money off. Indeed. Well done. An excellent oh. plug there. Thank you, John. No problem. No problem. Uh, I will move us on to uh, our second guest, and it's car dealers, caravan and motorhome correspondent, James Batchelor. Batch, lovely to have you. What's new with you? Uh, I'm just looking forward to this podcast being over with, to be perfectly (laughs) honest with you. (laughs) And so I can have an enormous glass of Baileys and uh, step into Christmas. Is 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 it safe to have an enormous glass of Baileys after the wine you've already had this morning? 
I haven't had any wine this morning. You know, I'm back. We, we know we know what happens if you have an enormous glass of anything alcoholic. It doesn't end well, does it? Normally ends with your dad picking you up. <laughs> <laughs> dear listeners, dear listeners, James Baggett there, my esteemed colleague, is referring to something that happened about six years ago, where after a strong bout of antibiotics, I decided to go on a Blackball Media night out and uh, had two rather large glasses of red wine and got picked up by my father at 8.30 in the evening. <laughs> oh, no, we did tell a story properly. Let me just tell a story properly, just very quickly. We went out, we were, we were with a couple of colleagues, and we were doing rounds, uh, rounds of beer ahead of a curry. And back at the, at the start of the night, proudly uh, decided that he was not going to drink beer because it always ruins his curry. Instead, wanted to drink red wine. So in the space of just over about... 60 to 90 minutes we had four pints of beer and in that time batch had four very large glasses of red wine and max just pint for pint with his glasses of red wine funnily enough that red wine didn't last very long with james bachelor and he had to call his father for a lift home from the middle of south sea yes i'm i'm glad it's a story that you don't remember you you don't repeat very often as well so in explicit detail as well yes it's my favorite story ever so perhaps I'll have an enormous glass of water after this, not wine, but there we are. Very sensible. Maybe some chamomile tea. <laughs> says, says the teetotal. Um, oh, God. Christ. <laughs> this, is getting rather ca- this is getting rather catty. Can we it is. On? I'm going to need to mediate in a minute. Right. Shall I move us on before any Bring other accidental stories occur? Um, so terms of how this is going to work, I'm not going to get you to shout out answers. Oh. I'm going to ask you these questions in turn. Oh, I was looking, John, John Ray, I was looking no. forward to that because I thought you, because you're so creative, I thought you might have developed a special kind of buzzing method like they do on University Challenge, like Baggett, Gosport. And yeah, I thought it would be uh, like that. But it's... You've never watched University <laughs> Challenge, ever. <laughs> so I do, I like to be learned and, you know, interesting. Well, no, we're going to be quite civilised. We're going to be civilised. So uh, we'll take it in turn. So, you know, one person gets one question. And then if you don't know the answer, I'll hand it over. So it seems relatively fair to me. I have also tailored the questions because I know some of you, some of you, there's only two of you, each of you will know more about some subjects than the other. So uh, I'm not going to ask that person that particular question. Anyway, shall I get started? Yes, please do. Question number one. Is for batch. Um, in the Eldis Affinity 530, how do you go about dismantling the fold-down dining table <laughs> apropos the setup of a third bed in the kitchen area? Well, it has a quick release uh, system actually, and um, it just lowers into the floor, allowing you to uh, push over the velour bedding. That is oh absolutely correct. That that question I should say was not part of the quiz. That was just from uh, Trevor in Saffron Walden. He was having a terrible time trying to work it out. So, <laughs> Trevor, hope that's that solved that for you. Well, Trevor, uh, I can talk to you about Sanaflow systems as well. Just, just drop me a line. Please don't. <laughs> uh, so we'll move on to our actual quiz now. After that bit of consumer advice, uh, question one is for Batch. Our um, our top story this year was all about unreliable cars. So this is a story from September. And it used data from what car's reliability survey, survey rather. But which car, according to the what car readers, performs the worst? I mean, it's not a difficult question, if I'm entirely honest. 
was it um was it the Land Rover Discovery 5? It was. Oh, how 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 marvelous. Well done. One one point for batch there. Uh, so can either of you name any other cars on this list? Um yeah, uh, Bagger Gosport. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh was the um Audi A5 on there? Uh you're close. No. Audi oh. Q5 was on there. That's what I meant. I just said the wrong. Oh, list. did you? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm afraid no points for that. Yes. Interesting list. Um, I mean, it's more interesting that this has ended up as our top story, really. But I think that is just through the magic of Google. Um, it had how many? How many views did this have? Three hundred thousand, something like that. I didn't write it down, but it had a lot of views. Um, I'm going to very subtly check on that now. Uh, I, no, I can tell you. It was, 354,000, I've just checked very quickly. Oof. That's a lot of people reading about that, isn't it? Poor, it is. Poor, poor Land Rover. Do you think that read... is entirely Land Rover Discovery owners? Could be, or people just reading obvious news. Oh, could be. That's my favourite kind of news. Yeah, but that survey, I remember I remember when we did it, and it was, it was, it was rather interesting, wasn't it? Because... I, I'm sorry, Landro, but it's no surprise at Discovery's top of that, is it? But it, but the other the other cars are in it are really surprising. Porsche seven eighteen Cayman. Mm. There's some some VWs. You know, a couple of Audis. Yeah, two Audis at the top, wasn't it? Landro yeah. Discovery, Audi Q five, Audi A three, Peugeot three zero zero eight, and the Volkswagen Turan in the top five. I mean, they are. There's three of those. From German manufacturers, you'd think are actually very reliable. Well, yeah, I mean, really, one, two, three, four, four of those are basically the same car. They're all VW Golf based. Mm. Fun fact for you there. Mm. I'll move us on to our next question, shall I? Yes, please. So this is for James. Oh, yes. Another top performing story this year involved a customer rejecting successfully a £140,000 Bentley Bentayga. Yes. Can you tell me why? Is it because it couldn't tow a caravan, John? <gasps> I remember this story well. It is. It yeah, is. this was this was a um, very popular story, wasn't it, this year? Um, yes. I've, I've no was. idea quite why it was so popular, but maybe well, it was something to do with Batch's caravan followers. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. This story. No, really I, I just think that people get very angry about the fact that Bentleys can't tow caravans. I, that's, a, that's a surprising quirk in the in the Matrix. There, I didn't I didn't know existed, but um, it does seem as though Bentley owners want to tow Eldis Shamal XLs with their mm. uh, Bentleys. So other caravan manufacturers are available. Interesting. We should probably explain quite why Batch knows so much about caravans, shouldn't we? Well, yeah, I, yes. Well, I, aside from, yeah, funnily enough, car dealer isn't my entire life. Um, well, it is, despite but... at times it does feel that way. Um, but I do have a very flourishing um, freelance um, career. And one of the titles that I work for is the Caravan and Motorhome Club, which has a million strong members. And I review lots of tow cars and I'm a tow car that you judge as well. So um, I, I've been learning a lot about caravans and towing this year. Why did they pick you as the correspondent? Is it for your love of tweed? Um, no, because nobody else wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a list. Quentin Wilson's name was at the top. He said yes. no. So it yes. went to the next most Quentinish person. Yeah. 
Well, Sue, well, Sue Cook pulled out, and then yeah. I, I've stepped in. So that's what that's what happens. Of course, of yes. course. Ah, uh, and we obviously don't let Batch live it down. Uh, shall we continue? No. Yes, I didn't. I must say, I didn't actually pick that story because of the caravan connection. It was it was genuinely a, a top story on our website. Wow. Um, and yes, quite a, quite an interesting one. I thought at the time, two hundred and fifteen thousand views, no less. Mm. Well, it's the power of mm. and isn't caravans. So um, moving on, question three. This is for Batch. Back in October, we revealed that a manufacturer was forcing its dealers to perform due diligence checks on customers in a bid to stop them, and I quote, flipping the cars that they buy for a quick profit. Mm. But who was that manufacturer? Was it Land Rover? It was Land Rover. Mm. This is proving a bit too easy, isn't it? This quiz is going remarkably well. <laughs> <laughs> it is, is it? I'm, just going to get diff- I'm sure it's going to get difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> we'll see yes this was uh an interesting story um that involved land rover as you just said um well, i do was... sorry i'm just going to come in i do seem to remember that when james wrote this story and he put it on on twitter a lot of people did reply back saying yeah i've been doing this for years it's not a story but that doesn't under that doesn't ignore the fact that it's still going on and mm. there's lots of people angry about it mm. but that's the beauty of social media isn't it that everyone's got an opinion unfortunately they have um but mm. yeah i thought i i was shocked by this i mean I've, i think i've written about it in my in, in a piece i've done for the christmas period about my most shocking stories of the year this one because the um the fact that they were actually fining the dealers who failed to conduct these necessary checks on buyers. I mean, the Land Rover wanted their dealers to make sure that the people buying them were genuine buyers and weren't going to flip them. So if they had any connection to a to a car dealer or any connection to to to, to, to a past history of selling cars in this way, they just weren't allowed one. Uh, and if someone slipped through the net, they got fined for it. I mean, it's, I, I think it's genuinely shocking behaviour, really. I mm. mean, if I bought a car, I would like to be able to do what ever I wanted with it mm. and if that meant sell it tomorrow that means sell it tomorrow yeah and then the other thing is you know as you say about this due diligence that puts a lot of onus on the poor dealer to actually um work out who is and is not in Land Rover's eyes a genuine customer because I mean you know a car dealer's son daughter wife cousin whatever could go in there and buy a car and hand it over to a dealer to their dealery relation couldn't they to sell on again What's what's the Land Rover dealer going to do about that? They can't go searching through people's LinkedIn's and go. So so knows a particular car dealer. I well, mean, then, my question to this was: a well-known dealer was allegedly blacklisted from being allowed a Range Rover himself. And who was that? I mean, I've sent the story now, so you know who it is. Was it was it Tom Hartley? Yes, it was Tom Hartley. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I remember him telling us telling us this story that he was banned from going into from going into the dealerships mm. um but then he 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 told us earlier this year didn't he that he, he was he was already flipping these these new range Rover models for thirty thousand pounds more than their list price i mean mm. no wonder land rover got a bit cheesed off with it i mean they're they're selling these cars at list price and then in the open market they're commanding x amount more I mean, they obviously want to make that money themselves, but at the same time, it just shows their cars are desirable, doesn't it? Well, exactly. And 
we know what, what dire straits Jaguar Land Rover's finances are at the moment. So, yes, they're probably a bit peeved that they're not making that profit themselves. But, I mean, come on, Land Rover. I mean, most car companies would kill to have the brand image Land Rover has and the brand image of the new Range Rover's got. I mean, you know, it, despite all the reliability problems, people keep keep buying them because they love the brand. So it's a, it's a sign that people love their love the cars. That's why they're flipping them so for such ridiculous prices. It's great. Have you heard anything about whether these new new Range Rover models are any more or less reliable than the last ones? I mean, I just anecdotally well, from anybody you've spoken to. Well, I don't want to keep banging on about it, but I was at Chichester Caravans last Friday. Um, <laughs> lovely, lovely guys. They're Charles and Lee. If they're listening, they won't be. But if they are, hi. Um, um, so, so I was there, and I said we started to talk about the new Range Rover, and um, they they said they've had a couple of customers who have who have who have bought new Range Rovers because the the prices of some caravans these days is ridiculous sixty seventy thousand pounds for a caravan. And um, both customers who have got these Range Rovers, uh, they've all had massive re- reliability problems. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's just two cases. But they've just—they've only got two customers, the two new Range Rovers, and both of them have sort of broken down quite a lot. Which, um, which I so I think the reliability problems are, are are carrying on with the latest Range Rover. But it's I, such a shame, is it? Because it, yeah. is a, it is a brilliant car. It is such a such a good car to drive. It was our car dealer power car of the year, no less. Yes. Uh, four by dealers. Yes. Mm. Yeah. There we are. There yeah. we are. John we Ray. Shall, uh, we shall move on to the next question. Let's move on to the next question. This is for James. Oh, God. So 2022 has been the year of, among other things, cybersecurity nightmares. Yes. We reported on two different dealer groups that had fallen victim to oh. ransomware attacks. Right. Can you name them? You get a point for each. Well, one was Pendragon. <gasps> yes. What's the other one? Stoneacre. Um, that's not oh. the one I've written here. That doesn't mean that they. No, then it wasn't them. It was. Oh. No, I don't know. I'm sorry. I've... It's. I know. I don't know. I'm going to hand it over. You can hand is, over the... It is a name that begins with S, isn't it? I'm afraid um, no clues will be provided to you. I'm not going to go for Stoneacre. I'm going to go for Stone Motor Company. Oh, both wrong, I'm afraid. It was Pendragon and Holdcroft. Holdcroft. Oh, oh, I, oh, yes, I thought of Holdcroft. Mm, yes. So Pendragon had a particularly nasty uh, time of it. I think they were the ransom was for 60 million dollars in yes. Bitcoin. Um I do I don't think they paid it, or that was certainly the uh well, question. This I don't think they did pay it. This was one that went very, very quiet. Um they we, we yeah. ran a number of stories about it. They admitted that they had been hacked by this Lockbit 3.0 hacking uh organization who'd stolen five percent of their data. Um and they threatened it to release it onto the dark web, didn't they? And mm. uh, they had to make an announcement to the stock market, I think, after the Times broke the story. Um, and then a, a week or so later, the, the deadline of, of, for them to pay up expired. They hadn't done it. Then there was another deadline set, and that expired. And they just sort of disappeared, didn't it? We chased it up a couple of times. Um, did they pay the money? They 
they'd obviously refused to pay it in advance. I remember Kim Costello, the market, chief marketing officer for Pendragon, told the Times news, newspaper at the time that they refused to be held hostage by this group. I'm just reading the story now. And we will not be paying a ransom demand, she said at the time. Um, so I can't really believe that they suddenly flipped and paid $60 million. Um, mm. But yeah, I wonder whether it just sort of disappeared in other sort of back channel ways. I do remember with that story, though, because, yes, I think it was the Times that broke it. And then we we reported on it um, and I wrote the story and published it. And they did get a little bit kind of shirty about the fact that we said that they were being held to ransom, but they were being held to ransom. I just I just mm-hmm. think they thought that I think there was there were fears that the word the words held to ransom was over dramatizing events, but they were. And um, I mean, it's just, a, just a remarkable story, yeah. really. I mean, if someone says, I will want $60 million or I will do this, mm. that is sort of a ransom, isn't it? Well, it is, yes. Yeah. And that's why we didn't remove it from the story. I can see how you came to that conclusion, Badge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there remind- we are. That's the life and times of breaking news on Car Dealer. Sometimes mm. we, 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 get, we make some people angry. Very, very rarely. Let's move on. Only once a week or so. <laughs> yeah. So, question five. For James Batchelor. Okay. Um, back in April, we put together an investigation video into a little-known internet startup called Kazoo. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's the first Kazoo <laughs> mentioned today. <laughs> it was going to happen, wasn't it? Um, so, Batch, I want you, this is a bit of a difficult one, I want you to list every company you can that Kazoo has purchased. Oh, my A God. point for each one. Oh, this is a good question. Um, okay, so we've got Bravo. No, we no, we've got um, Brum Brum. Uh, yes. Um, we've <laughs> run out. We've, of no, I've got a couple more. Um, we've, we've got <laughs> Drover, Drover, yes. obviously. Um, was it SMH? Yes. Um. Um. I've I can't think of any more. Okay. So, I'm going to pass this over. And James should know all this because he wrote the script to the video and then stood in the middle of Northampton saying it over and over and over again. I uh, did, but I have uh, not committed it to men- memory. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what the internet's for. Um, but yes, Brum Brum was one. Uh, uh-huh. Imper- Imperial Car Supermarket. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, obviously, but that seems so just long ago. I, I didn't mention it. Uh, Cluno. Yes. Which is definitely a made-up name. Um, there was something Fleet Solutions, or is that SMH? Yes, yeah, so that is SMH, isn't it? There was actually another fleet <laughs> provider on there, was Smart Fleet Solutions. So I will yeah, give you that one. There was a van company. Vans, That's right. I don't oh, Vans two four seven twenty four seven two four seven, not three six five. Well, three no, six five. Three six five. Uh, three six five. Um, there was um, what else was there? Um, and then there was the Italian. The so Brum Brum, and then there was the Italian Spotty Car. No, Spotty yeah. Car is, I believe, Stellantis's. Stellantis. No, it's like something like that, isn't it? It's the one that they've announced recently. It's Spanish. I'll give you Spanish. It is Spanish. Um, something car. Something used carry. <laughs> if you've just joined us, we are into hour three <laughs> listing uh, all the because you have bought. Basically, um, basically, we can just sum all of this up. They've bought too many companies and 
we've just forgotten all about it. Well, would you like to know the remaining two that I don't think you've mentioned? Yes, right. please. I've probably, because I didn't even have Imperial on my list. Uh, Kazana. Has anyone mentioned Kazana? Oh, uh, no. Kazana, of course. Yeah. yeah. £25 million, pounds, no less. That's right. Uh, well remembered. I'll give you a point for that. Oh, um, oh, swipe car as well as the other one. Swipe car. I sort mm. of said that. Spotty swipe. Mm, no. Something car. I said something car, obviously. Can't, can't give you that, I'm afraid. Yes. So a lot, a lot of purchases. I'm going to swiftly move us on to our next question, which is a follow-up, which I do have for James, which now seems a bit... This is not going to be about their sports team sponsorship, is it? Uh, no. It's how many of those has it shut down or sold off? <laughs> Very good question. Um, European operations, including Cluno, has gone. Yes. Um, Swipe Car has gone. Yes. Brum, 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 Brum. Has gone. Yes. Um, the uh, drover's gone or shut down. Yes. Um, Kazana's been swallowed up and is no longer called Kazana. But they are still operational They're in a way, so I'll uh, I'll leave that one. We'll, we'll let them keep that. Um, yeah. Imperial Car Supermarket's obviously shut down and they've repurposed them into customer handover centres in brackets, not dealers. Some of uh, which have been shut down, but I will I'll take that as red and leave that one there. And I'm that, pretty sure part of that um, SMH has been shut down. Yes, I'll give you that as an I've got that as honourable mention. SMH hundred job losses and a site closure since uh kazoo took over so they kept the receipt for these businesses yes and of course we don't actually know um a lot of this how much they in the case of brumbum for example that was sold to a company called aramis not to be confused with the company that sully was soap on a rope at christmas um <laughs> which is part of stellantis they sold that after nine months of owning it we don't know how much for um Swipe car was sold for after 13 months. Um, and yes, the others generally absorbed or sort of absorbed and shut down after not that long. I mean, they are, yeah, I can't, it's, it's, I struggle to kind of put it into words quite how I feel about the fact that they've spent so much money and then lost so much money so quickly. Mm. <clears throat> To put it into perspective, as far as I can work out from my list, the companies that uh, they have absorbed that are still operational, we'll say Imperial Cars, obviously the sites, most of the sites are still there. Smart Fleet Solutions, they're utilising that, which was obviously a fleet, uh, you know, defleeting company. Mm. SMH, there's still a few things going on. Kazana, they're still using, obviously, for data. Um, so it's about 50-50, I would say. Oh, interestingly vans 365 seem to get absorbed and then but uh, it's kind of disappeared the website's disappeared there are no vans for sale on kazoo is it not at the minute no i think i don't know if that's an active decision i was having a look through uh the internet archive to see when they last had any vans and it mm. was september or something really? so they are sort of doing it but yeah i'm not quite sure. a big problem with supply of vans though isn't there at the moment yeah so i would imagine that's what it that's is. part of it We'll be right back. You want the best return from your advertising budget and CarGuru's Piston Heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites. Connect with in-market high-quality buyers today and turbocharge your digital forecourt. 
For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and tell them we sent you. Now, let's get back to the quiz. Wow. Good questions, John. Mm, very good question. That was, yeah. Um, I just have to warn you, Batch. James has racked up a lot of points there. Oh, that is good news. Yeah. That is good. We like that. Please continue, John. Well, <laughs> over to Batch again. So, question number seven. Another company, aside from Kazoo, that dominated our headlines this year was a little-known Swedish operation by the name of Hedin Mobility Group. Now, their attempted takeover of Pendragon didn't quite pan out in the end, though they are a, a shareholder, I believe, and have been for a while. But whose operations did they manage to purchase in 2022? Oh, my God. Oh, that's a good one. So Hedin do have some dealers now in the UK, but whose were they i cannot for the life of me i can't i just cannot remember i'm afraid i have to hand that over to james bagger <laughs> gospel um i think it was um what was it mercedes retail um groups for mercedes-benz dealership it was stunningly accurate it was indeed for yeah, four of their sites. Um, can I? Can I? Sorry, can I just? Can I just? 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 Just come in here a little oh, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I should make it clear. I should make it clear. I only work four days a week, so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I am a little bit sort of not an excuse. It is a bit of an excuse. I'm, a lot of this stuff is broken when I haven't been around, so it's well, quite you, unfair. What, you, do you mean you're not keeping up to date by the minute in your uh, car dealer WhatsApp breaking news? Mm. Absolutely. Yes, I always do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, if you're if you're listening and you think like you'd, um, if you think you could uh, replace James Bachelor as uh, something or other editor or whatever he is, then do get in touch uh, if you've been keeping uh, a track of these stories this year and thought you could uh, do better than him on the quiz. We will hire you. Um, <laughs> moving on, it's not going to be hard, is it? So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, taking it back to heading. Is there any uh, any discussion we want to have about that before I move us on? Well, I um, I am very surprised that they didn't actually go ahead with the purchase of them. I know, yes, uh, because I was it just went on and on and on, didn't it? They so they they came out with this offer. Well, first it was Lithium Motors that came out with an offer in in the summer, the US Group, which heading blocked because they're a twenty seven percent shareholder in Pendragon. Then they came up with their own offer. And then they said they wouldn't block anybody else's offer if people did want to make an offer that was better than their offer. Uh, then that offer got extended um, as they did a bit of due diligence. And then that got another extension to sort of in beginning of December. And then they went, actually, no, you're right. We don't want you after all. So it was just a bit of a strange one, wasn't it? I was convinced that deal was yeah. done. And actually, in, in terms of a prediction for next year, another one of my Christmas content stories I wrote was some... My, what I think is going to happen next year. And I, and I honestly think Pendragon will get sold next year. Um, I think perhaps Heading's um, tactic was to try and come back in the new year when maybe car, car dealers and uh, manufacturers are struggling a little bit with a recession. Share prices may have taken a little bit of a dip and maybe come in with a cheaper offer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, to I totally agree because that announcement they made on the London Stock Exchange, it, initially it seemed very bizarre. It seemed like a really bad excuse, didn't it? 
the reason why we're not going ahead with the purchase is because market conditions have changed. And then, but if you think about it a little bit more carefully, perhaps they're sort of preempting coming back in yeah. with a less offer. Yeah. Because if, if if you create the impression that the market has changed, which of course, you know, it is going to change. But if you come out and say that, then it, it opens the door for you to come back later on and make a, a smaller offer for something, doesn't it? So I think that was. I think they were prepping the ground for coming back later on with a with a smaller offer. I think. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. That's definitely why things happening. And, and if that's not the case, someone else will come in and snap them up. I mean, I honestly think that one of these big US um, dealer groups may may come over and um, and spend some money. Um, I I I think Pendragon is clearly for sale uh, at, at a decent price, and I think someone will will snap them up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I dare say it, but I, I reckon Constellation Automotive Group are are still shopping around. There were rumours, weren't they, that they were going to launch a rival bid to headings for um, for Pendragon. Yeah. And I think they I think they might do. But they've got the blocking stake in Lookers, so no one can go and buy them. Um, mm-hmm. Pend- Pendragon might be the one that they could put alongside alongside Marshalls. Don't know. Do you think they would go for a full takeover or would they do a cheeky blocking majority stakeholder job? I think they'd probably go for the full takeover. I think if they were going to do a blocking stake, they probably would have done it by now. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? The lookers stake that they've got. They haven't really. They did that. When did they do that? Before it was before Marshalls, wasn't it? It's before they bought Marshalls. I believe um, so. Yeah. So I wonder whether they haven't really done much with that. I wonder whether they're going to do something with that eventually. Mm. I don't know. Let's see what, what next year brings. Yes. Well, question number eight is for James. Shoot. 2022 actually saw a couple of manufacturers decide to sell their wholly owned retail sites, aside from Mercedes getting rid of four of them. Can you name perhaps the biggest sell-off of the year? And I'm sure you can. Which was manufacturer? It, was, was it Renault? Or was that last year? I think that might have been last year. Last year. Can I? I, th- I think I think he's 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 messed up that now. So just, can I come in? Yeah, go on, Batch. Well, I was going to say Stellantis and Nissan. Mm. Well, the mm. one I'm talking about is Westway, indeed, which yeah. is mm. Nissan. Do tell me yeah. what's the Stellantis one that I've missed? Well, no, they they they're, they're going to get rid of a hundred and. Oh, 128 I see. dealers or 130 dealers it's something like yes, that yes that's it? that's more of a general sorry nissan i've uh, gone with nissan i did say nissan, nissan. that's so. fine i'll give you a it point sound very conclusive that no i, I didn't think say nissan fine. didn't i it was yeah you did you did so i'll give you that um for a follow-up point batch who bought the westway nissan dealers it was a a collection of dealer groups uh and investment companies bought them but can you name any of the companies that bought Westway? Um, Hendy? Yes, that's one. Um... Dave Brown will be listening to this going, <laughs> um, I can't remember. It was just, it's only Hendy I seem to remember. I'm going to hand it over. Uh, there was the big Dubai-based business, wasn't there, that swooped in and took quite a few of them. Is it AWR? Is it AWR? Something like that. I'm going to give that to Batch, I'm afraid. What? Hang on a minute. I've given yeah. him, I've got, surely that's half a point each. You can't, like, I, I saw sort of set that up for him. Yeah, but there's, there's, there's wow. lots of Dubai yeah. businesses out there. You've got to be finished, more specific. I hadn't finished with my answer. Was it uh, AWR? Uh, no, yes, it was. <laughs> um, 
Can you name me another? There's two um, more mentioned. Did Yeomans get one? Yes. Uh, um, and who was the other one? Was it um, Glenn Hopkin? It was Glenn Hopkin. Ah, come on, Batch. That's good. That was good. Yeah. For a for another follow up point, I'm desperate for Batch to score some more points here. Um, but I'm opening this up to both of you. Can you name yeah. another dealer group that AWR owns a stake in or owns? I don't. I can't remember. Oh, no, I can't. Well, readers of my latest Master um, CX5 long-term report will know that I took my car to one of their establishments to have it serviced. Really? Yeah. I don't read your long-term reports, I'm afraid. Well, I'm just deducting <sighs> points from Batch now. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, no. No, I don't know. I don't know. It's Braley. Or Braley. Oh, of course it is. It's Braley. Yes, Braley really? Honda and Braley Mazda and what have you. Yes. Well, that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know that until this year because when I wrote the story, when we wrote the story about AWR, mm. obviously did a, as a good journalist, did my research about AWR, I discovered the Braley link. But I didn't know the number of stories we've written about Braley over the years. And I had no idea they had um, um, investment from AWR. So there we are. Well, yes. So that was going back to the original point, which was the sell-off of fully owned retail sites. That was quite a big change um, to all happen suddenly like that. I mean, it was it has to be viewed in the context of Nissan, as with everyone else, looking at their dealer networks and deciding whether it is actually a suitable number for them or not. It's got to be something to do with agency, surely. You know, so why would you want well, to Nissan do... are tight lipped on agency, aren't they? They're kind of well, they're not tight lipped. They've said that they're not interested in doing it, is my understanding so far. Why why would they um yeah, I don't know why would you want a dealer group if you are a manufacturer that's moving to agency and you're effectively taking on that anyway? Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you're paying you'd sort of be paying yourself twice, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, and, but yeah. then is it also part of the uh the move to as they say, less local dealers and more. I mean, uh, to be fair, though, a lot of these Westway ones, these Westway ones are not, uh, these are big dealers a lot of the time, aren't they? They're big, chunky sites like um, the Glyn Hopkin one on the A1 that's been taken over. That's quite a, I think it's over two levels. Um, not the A1, the M1 uh, mm. in North London. Um, I can't remember what size the Yeomans one is, in, not Yeomans, the Hendy one is in Southampton. But they're not they're not little independent satellite dealers, are they? These are quite large establishments that would fit in, I would have thought, quite well to the plan of having less sites but bigger sites. So we'll see. But the question is, do, will will other manufacturers be selling off their retail? Well, I mean, one of one of the big ones is Ford, isn't it? Ford retail. Mm. I mean, that's a that's a massive um, trust very, Ford, is it? Trust Ford, yeah, very yeah. very successful arm of their business. Yeah, mm -hmm. but there's not there's not that many car makers who've still got their own dealer networks, is there? I mean, Mercedes have Mercedes retail groups sold a load of their dealers off. Nissan have sold a load off. Ford, we know they want to um, is it cut their uh, group by two thirds or something? Mm. It's some figure, isn't it? But with all the other brands, I know there's like Robbins and Day with Stellantis, isn't there? But yeah. really, I don't think there's a huge number of them. Um, car maker owned dealer groups anymore is there no i would say robins and day is probably the biggest mm. and there was that that expanded very you know over the last decade that's got bigger and bigger hasn't it i've you know most 
you see a lot of robins and doe popping up here and there. Um, so yes, that would be. But I, then again, that was viewed in the context of pre pre Stellantis, so things are likely to change, I suppose. Mm. Right, I'll move us on then. Um, question number nine. Mm. Bachelor. No bachelor. Oh, I'll, I'll pay attention. Sorry. Yes. Who said this and about what? And I quote. They've got our nuts in a vice and they can squeeze them as tight as they want and we can't take them out. Brilliant quote. Absolutely brilliant quote. I can. I mean, it lost some of, in me saying it, it lost some of the impact, but I thought if I play a clip of who it is, it will be immediately obvious. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, but I'm, it's, I'm... It's, it's, it's the person in question is talking about auto trader, aren't they? Yes, they are. You get a point for that, yeah. Is it Peter Smythe? Back at gospel. It's a good guess, but it's not Peter Smythe. Over to James. Robin Luscombe. Of it Luscombe, is please. Robin Luscombe. A, a lifetime achievement used car award winner, no less. <clears throat> yes, that's right. As interviewed in our Auto Trader investigation video, available on YouTube now. One of my favourite quotes of all time. That Yes, yes, that was fantastic. I mean, for balance, Robin did also say some slightly more complimentary things about Auto Trader. Um, as did pretty much everyone we spoke to, which was True. quite an interesting part of making that video, wasn't it? You know, for, for all the moaning about pricing and monopoly yeah. auto trader. Well, it's the, and that's the thing. When we put that video together, we went out there and just, I mean, auto traders didn't know who we were interviewing. We just picked random dealers that we we had contact with. And actually some of them who had been very vocal in their in their in their in their disgust at like the amount of money that auto trader had made in the past but then when we actually interviewed them on video all of them were very complimentary i think that says it all doesn't it auto trader that nobody nobody really likes some to summarize that video nobody really likes how much money auto trader made but nobody can live without them yes i yeah. also think i also think auto trader were pretty were pretty decent in that video weren't they about the whole the whole thing because they put up their senior management nathan yeah. catherine um but not knowing what the ultimate video was going to be oh. like. And it could have been a, a real, you know... Panorama moment, yeah. Well, yes, but it but it wasn't, because, of course, we're, we're, we're balanced journalists, aren't we, sometimes? Um, sometimes. But, okay. um, but, yes, I thought they were pretty... Not wanting to blow smoke up there, uh, you know what, but I, I thought they were pretty decent in, in the way they um, handled that, actually. But, yeah, um, no, I agree. I agree. Fair play to them, putting their names forward and, and taking our questions. And a very good, good edit, John Ray. Oh, yes. thank you. A little hat tip to you there. Oh, it was one of my highlights and very good camera work from Nigel Swan, uh, who is not here and is probably walking his dog. Um, but yes, that was one of my favourite things to do of the year, that alongside the Kazoo video. It was a very enjoyable time visiting them in Manchester and uh, putting all that together and speaking to all the dealers. Yeah, it was good fun. Uh, I'm moving on to our final question now. Okay. Which is for James. Yes. Earlier this year, which outspoken dealer group boss told off James Batchelor in a Car Dealer Live interview for asking, and I quote, a stupid question. Stupid question. A stupid... Well, they're normally stupid questions from James Batchelor. So, uh... Perhaps I should have been more specific. Um... <laughs> I know exactly who that was. That was a Mr. Robert Forrester of Virtue Motors, who... Uh, it is, was. It's yes. always a very enjoyable interview because... Um, Sometimes he's in a good mood. Sometimes he's not quite so much in a good mood. And he does not tolerate uh, our questions when he's in the latter. Yeah. Uh, Although I do, I should come in here. <laughs> after after we finished recording, we did have a good old laugh about it because 
I did say I sort of deliberately provoked you with that question, he, and he he laughed about it. And I said, I don't regard I don't regard an interview with you being good unless you tell me that was a stupid question or you expressed dis- <laughs> disgust at something that I've said. And I think that's good. I think it's nice to have that banter in an interview, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I really enjoy interviewing Robert because he's very very clever. He's very insightful, um, and he's always very honest. Um, and I, and and that can mean that he tells you you're uh, stupid, but quite like that. <laughs> uh, for a follow-up point, can you tell me? Yes. Um, I'm speaking to James here, but can you tell me what Batch was asking about? W- was he asking about repaying furlough by any chance? He was. What a surprise! Incredible memory there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I seem to. Well, it's because I remember it so well because I laughed at how many times there. Uh, I, how many times I rewatched back and told it was a stupid <laughs> question. <laughs> oh God! But I, what I will what I will say about Robert with that whole with the whole furlough thing, um, unlike some dealer bosses or even some politicians, you could say, where you ask a question and you don't get an answer back. Mm. At least Robert has been. I mean, it, it doesn't matter whether you agree or you disagree with him on the the concept of paying back furlough cash at least he he does stand up there and say no we're not going to pay it back and it's because the government shut us down yeah and he comes out and says it as opposed to coming out with a um you know a a polite answer why they why he wouldn't be doing it so i i do sort of enjoy that that he 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 says it as it is i like that yeah and actually a lot of dealers i speak to agree with you know they 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 said that that money was was handed out to keep them open and keep mm, people in yeah. jobs. And that's, I mean, I sort of in- agree with them too. I, I mean, just the fact that everybody had a bumper 2021 and actually a pretty good 2020 is, is it, it shouldn't really matter, should it? It was mm. actually, they, they everybody had to work incredibly hard in the motor trade to completely change the way they did business, to sell online or comp- completely changed the way they were doing everything to keep the lights on. And mm. um, if that means that they had to take some help from, from the government, be that business race or furlough cash, I think fair play to them. I mean, they would do the money and I actually think they should probably keep hold of it. I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised that the question hasn't raised its head again. What were there being a cost of living crisis? And there is a lot of um, the, the companies that are making lots of money. I know it's primarily the the energy companies, but, you know, the companies that are making lots of money, I'm surprised that that question hasn't been, you know, Mm. hasn't come round again saying, wait a minute, you know, those companies that were given free money, they should be paying it back because, you know, people are struggling to pay their energy bills at the moment. I mean, the the one I've said before, uh, the the one that I don't don't 100% agree with is the business rates relief, you know, because, I mean, that really was a complete cash handout it was a it was a freebie for businesses by that point especially in 2021 we're actually doing all right um the furlough cash well that went to the people that were yeah they were keeping on you know yes. I mean, that, that was not a benefit really for the employer no. i mean the only benefit was they didn't have to rehire or go out and find new staff at the end of the troubles because they still had managed to keep these people on via furlough the business rates slightly different you know that was free money that they were just i think probably quite a few of them should have paid back but it doesn't seem to be a conversation around that interestingly no that's my take mm. well mm. that is my final question so before i reveal the scores um in the spirit of the car dealer podcast is there anything you think i've missed 
Is there anything I think you've missed? I mean, I haven't I haven't mentioned the top 100, for example, but you sort of covered that. I So, I mean, in terms of the stories that shocked me the most this year, um, there was the... I think there was, there was a couple that were absolutely massive for me. Um, and one was Karzan, mm. and the way that that business disappeared and collapsed into voluntary administration owing lots of people lots of money um i think that that was the one that we were all sort of pinned the hopes on haven't we for this online used car sales it was the one that the industry was sort of backing so the fact that 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 collapsed in the way that it did um was was quite shocking but the more so for me the was was marshall motor group being sold um mm-hmm. and dash gupta leaving the industry you know um well for now um i'm pretty sure that he will be back anytime soon um as soon as he gets fed up with gardening um but the the, the fact that marshall motor group was sold and quite what it was sold for mm-hmm. um what was the was the shocking one for me? I mean, they it was an absolute bargain that business. They paid three hundred and twenty five million Constellation Automotive Group, and actually, when you look at the accounts that we did uh, when they came out for the fifteen month period that they released them for, they had two hundred and fifteen million pounds worth of property, twenty seven million pounds of cash in the bank, um, and had just clocked up a bumper year of profits of ninety two point five million pounds. <laughs> That's pretty close to three hundred twenty-five million pounds, isn't it? Yeah, and what's the um, what's the kind of the the, the sum that uh, one should do when valuing a business? It's something like three years, or um, well, David Kendrick is always telling yeah, us. Yeah, David David Kendrick said three to four years. Uh, for, sorry, three to four times EBITDA profit. So mm. you know, you you would count back in a quite a bit, quite a few bits of those um, those figures that I've just. And that I've just mentioned, but I mean, if you think you've paid three hundred twenty-five million pounds for a business that has got two hundred fifteen million pounds worth of property, I mean, you're you're not effectively losing that money, are you? It is property; mm-hmm. it's pretty solid. It's sat there. So, I think the Constellation Automotive Group got an absolute bargain from Marshall Motor Group. I mean, it was sold far too cheaply in my mind, um, and I think that's this is why there's unfinished business for Dash. Um, and the um, and some of the team that work for Marshall Motor Group, and I think um, I think for that reason we're probably seeing back in the industry doing it all over again. But they're they're my two that I think were uh, my most shocking of the year, Josh. Very good, Batch. Um, well, I'm just surprised you haven't. Um, one of the questions wasn't um, how many days was Liz Truss in office as PM. <laughs> I thought that was going to be one of the questions. Um, I'll level with you. I forgot. A forty-five days. It was 45. no. I mean, I forgot she was. PM. Oh, you forgot your PM. Oh, yeah. I'll level with. Um, no, I haven't got. I haven't really got anything else to add. Actually, I thought you might have mentioned the fact that Ford Fiesta died this year. Did you know yes. that? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think we we we've mentioned that on on car dealer podcast at all, have we? No, no, barely. Um, <laughs> it doesn't tow very well, so that might be part of it. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. there was a there were quite a few stories that I could have included, but one quite a lot of them are quite serious or involved some sort of fraud or similar and i thought i'm not going to put that into a whimsical end of year podcast i think there's the big one uh a big one for me is the uh ongoing saga of kevin mackey and his um yeah suit want a better word Mm. um so i mean it's slightly difficult for us to, to talk about that because we don't know the full facts yet while it's bouncing from court to court. Mm. Um, but I'm sure we'll learn more about that in the new year. 
Um, I mean, there's a there's a few others like the uh, cars crashing into dealerships and so on that are always interesting to read. But yes, that's my my list. So, do you want to hear the scores? Yeah, no, not really, because we know, don't we? Well, yes, please, John. Well, please bring them on. In second place of two yeah. uh, is James is Fatter, it... with nine points plus a bonus point for the uh, caravan knowledge. So, so is 10. that 10 points then? 10 points for James Batch. Right. Thank you very much. Well done, Batch. Well done. In first place, James Baggett with 19 points. 19, one, nine points, 19. Yes. So oh, that's an incredible, some, some would call that a trouncing or, yeah, like a huge, a huge beating, some would, mm. some would say. Uh, it's fine. I just, I just will, will make a point of not being on the podcast next year. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> Not, not not bothered by this not bothered i uh you are contractually obliged yeah. <laughs> someone needs some eggnog um well can i sorry to sound this is all very sucky uppy but can we just take a moment to um thank and appreciate uh johnny ray's efforts this year who's taken on the burden of the car dealer podcast remarkably well um and as is the way at Blackball Media, if you do something well once, you're stuck with that job forever. Um, so that's well, well done. Well done for adding yet another string to your very, 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 very big bow. Um, well, thank you. Uh, it's very kind. I mean, I've, oh, I like for, for some weeks now, I've been trying to do it terribly. Um, but <laughs> it, evidently, uh, no one's noticed. So I'm still here. Um, well done, John. But I look forward to hopefully handing this back to Rebecca Chaplin uh, when she returns from being a mother, etc. Being a mother. Yeah. She never stops. How long does that last? A year? I don't know. When do you send them off to school? 18 months old? I don't know. <laughs> well, on that note, all that's left for me to say is thank you to James and James for competing. And thank you for listening. We'll be back in January as usual. So make sure you're subscribed so you can be notified when the first episode goes live. If you want to check out the stories we mentioned today, you can click the links in the show notes below or head to cardealermagazine.co.uk where you'll find those and much more news besides. Thanks again. And until next time, Merry Christmas and goodbye. <laughs>